Welcome to the Local Waste Music Podcast, where we capture the sights, sounds, and smells of the Columbus, Ohio music scene. Now, here's your hosts, Pat and Linda. Welcome to Local Waste Music Podcast. I'm your host, Linda. And I'm your host, Pat. Hey, Pat. So this is our first episode. Our of, very no. first. Number one. Yeah, you excited? With a bullet. I am very excited. Yeah. Yes. We've got a lot of great guests planned and uh, looking yes. forward to hearing from every one of them. Yes. Yes. Me too. I'm very excited. Except for that one. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, we're, we're excited to listen to all of them. Um, I'm sure there's going to be so many things that even though we were around at the time, we'll, we would have never heard about. Why did you decide to do this podcast, Linda? Well, let me tell you, Pat. Uh, Later on, my sister. We are focusing this podcast on the local Columbus music scene from the 80s and 90s. Now, the reason we chose that is because that's when we were around is the 80s and 90s. I mean, we're still around, but that's when we got here. And a lot of bands and people and venues and bars are just they're no longer there that is so true I, we were just down there uh, a couple weeks ago yeah and we saw how, how much the the scene had changed like the all the structures were torn down all the different places were put up it's amazing how how few of the venues that used to be there are there anymore yeah we don't want to lose those and so, for instance, there, uh, and we're going to post this map. We created a map, and we're going to post it. And uh, Bernie's was one of the places that I'm sure you're going to hear a lot throughout this whole podcast. And right now, well, it's a Target. I know it is. A, yeah. It's 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 really really um, amazing how many of the venues are just now corporate headquarters for some <laughs> other you know global conglomerate business. Right, and and granted, their toilets probably work. That's and true. Uh, yeah. you know you don't on the sm- plus side you don't smell like smoke coming out of them, <laughs> uh, but you know you you lose that you lose that essence that that was there, and so that's what we really want to capture. Um, one thing I'm going to post on social media is this great video, and this is how I equate our podcast in audio. Um, in this video is two guys; they have their camera out the window, and they're driving south on High Street, and so this is campus area. And if you take a look at that video, um, you'll either be sad and reminiscent, or you'll be like, "What? What is this place?" Because uh, it's it's totally different landscape now there in the campus area. I've seen that video; it is pretty amazing. And the, these guys, I think, went to OSU. I think they say they went to the OSU, to OSU in the seventies, and they were they they were filming in like nineteen eighty five or eighty six, and they're they're basically saying, "Wow, look how much has changed," and and that's the same thing that's happened. You know, today is like how much has changed since the 80s and yeah. 90s. Yeah. Um, you mentioned our social media, Linda. What is our yeah. social media? Yeah, thank you. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find any or all of those at Local Waste Music. And uh, we're going to be posting things before and after each podcast, especially before uh, we'll be posting who is our um, who we're having as our upcoming guest. And you can feel free to submit any kind of questions that you have for any of them. And uh, we'll ask them during our interview. Can I add something here, Linda? Yeah. I wanted to mention, and this is something I'm excited about, we're going to have a a mystery word every mystery mystery word every episode. So whenever um, you hear the mystery word, (laughs) you you can um, jot that mystery word down and take it 
to the business uh, of our sponsor, the location of our sponsor. Uh, this week, we're sponsored by Use Kids Records. So if you would take one listener, the first listener can go to uh, Use Kids Records with the mystery word. Thank you. And tell them the, the mystery word and you'll win a prize. Mm-hmm. So That's right. I'm very excited about that. That should be fun, interactive and, and you know, make the listener part of the show. <laughs> yeah, man. So who are our guests today? So today we're going to be talking to Shirley Tobias and Marcy Mays. Awesome. Yeah. Got, I'm sure they're going to have some great stories to tell us. But before we get to that interview, let's first hear a word from our sponsor, huh? standing here outside of Used Kids Records in Columbus, Ohio with the owner, Mr. Greg Hall. Mr. Hall, what is the philosophy of your store? There's really nothing better than a box of records, not even a bottle of beer. Mr. Hall, Used Kids Records sells new and used records, CDs, cassettes, magazines, and more. When people come into your store, how do you want them to feel? Mr. Hall, Used Kids Records is open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and noon to 6 on Sundays. Why are you open so many hours? Mr. Hall, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Why do punk rock guys go out with new it girls? Well, thank you, Mr. Hall, and please be sure to visit Use Kids Records, located at Scenic 2500 Summit Street in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Local Waste Music Podcast, where we're here with our two guests, Marcy Mays and Shirley Tobias. Marcy Mays is the longtime <laughs> singer. She's the longtime singer and guitarist for Scrawl. She's put out over... Well, over five full-length records, which means six full-length <laughs> Does records. Does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did I write over five? When it, <laughs> I like that. Six? From 1987 to 1998, plus six singles and EPs on labels such as No Other Records, Rough Trade, Simple Machines, and finally, the major label sellout. That's right. Electra. Sold she, our soul to play rock and roll. She's formerly the uh, uh, partner of Surly Girl, and she was the former owner of Ace of Cups Venue here in Columbus, Ohio. She's sang with the Afghan Whigs, uh, Hank McCoy and the Dead Ringers. I had to f- dig to find that one. Um, with uh, the Twilight Singers, Burn Barrel, J.P. Olson's band. Yeah, I did. And she did hand claps on a log track. <laughs> We're going to de- dig deep into oh, that yes. one to find, find more information about that. She's the subject, you may not know this, Marcy, she was the subject of a 2012 song by Cleveland rocker Obnox. I did not know that. Yes. I didn't know that either. I did yes. not know that. It's got your name on it. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, in 2013, she was the singer for the crushing Columbus supergroup, mm. Night Family, uh, which recorded one kind of a small EP, maybe yeah, a short LP. Yeah, I think it had like eight, seven, eight songs on it. Okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's a bruiser. It is a bruiser. It's a bruiser. And rumor has it that she was in a band uh, of, uh, what is this? This is my notes here. Oh, um, scatologically preoccupied holiday band, the Ho Ho Ho's. <gasps> you know how. <laughs> God. Dirty, dirty, dirty. And our other guest, Shirley Tobias, was the longtime bassist and singer for Log, who have put out, I'll say, four 
full lengths. I won't say oh, I won't say over three, <laughs> um, four full length albums and two singles, which are actually EP four song EPs on Anyway Records and Old Three C. She also performed background vocal duties for Moviola's Moviola on their Dead Knowledge album. She's been a DJ on both WOSR radio and Radio Six One Four. That is true. And probably spinning a set that's heavy on New Zealand rock, if I would wager a guess. Indeed. She has some mysterious involvement in the release of the first Scrawl LP, which we'll delve into that. She's listed as executive producer on that record. Uh, She is one of the hosts for the uh, Facebook group, Columbus Music Scene, nineteen seventy-five to nineteen eighty-five, and also, yes, I'm the, I yeah, the I moderator. That. Is that moderator is the better yes, word? Yes, one didn't of the moderators. That. Yeah, somebody like said someone should do this. And okay, and I also get on that Facebook. I that one about it for so long. <laughs> the seventy-five to eighty-five page, but also the eighty-six to ninety-six page. Uh, and also, if I understand this right, you were a board member of the Columbus Music Co-op at one time. That is true. Okay. Welcome. Damn. Linda, can we get a nice, warm welcome for our two guests, yes. Marcy Mays welcome, welcome, welcome. and Shirley Tobias. Yay. Thank oh you. Goodness. Cheers. It's great to be here. I think I grew 10 more inches tall during that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start us off with a question of what brought you to Columbus and when? Shirley, let's start with you. I came to Columbus in September of 1981, which means over 40 years ago, I came to Columbus for grad school. Wow. And uh, yeah, moved into... What was your major? uh, Human experimental psychology. What? I have a master's degree in human (gasps) experimental psych. I knew you had your master's and know what it was. That's That's what I came here for and... You know, with a with kind of a specialty in aviation psychology. Get the hell out! Aviation yeah. psychology. Yeah, I Damn did my sure. master's thesis on um, visual aspects of flight simulation. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Jesus! But this is a music podcast. But this is a music Come podcast. On. So uh, nerd. <laughs> so, <laughs> how, how did you get involved in the Columbus music scene? Well, I was a big music fan and uh, moving to a city, you know, I grew up outside of New York City. And so, you know, I thought that that was pretty cool. And like moving to this like small city in the middle of um, the Midwest was, I don't know, a step down or whatever, but the the local music was a lot more accessible and really close because I lived like right off of High Street. And so um, started going to the record stores and kind of tapping into what was going on here and started reading the offense newsletter learned about the local music scene and just kind of what were the record stores you went to when you first came to um south campus one so magnolias was down right there on Mm -hmm. south campus Mm -hmm. um singing dog was there but i think magnolias was more of my favorite i forgot about singing dog yeah singing dog magnolias um and then School kids was further north. Like it was, it was just not as close. But mm-hmm. of course, I started shopping there very quickly. And um, what's the what's the one by Bernie? What was the one upstairs from Bernie's? Oh, moles oh. or moles? Ju- yeah. Of course, yes, moles. Yeah, and we're for our listeners at home. We're going to be posting a map uh, on our Facebook page and maybe Instagram and some of the other social media. Marcy, oh. yeah, how did you come to Columbus? Oh my God. Uh, well, um. You know, I actually came here to hang out with Sue and play music. 
Sue Harsh? Yeah, Sue okay. Harshy. So I uh, I went to school in OU at OU in yeah. Athens and then started playing in uh, a band down there. Uh, first band I was really ever in. And then... What band was that? Well, the very first band I was in there was a band called Paper Dolls. And this band down there called The Backbeat wanted to have an all-girl band open for them. Uh-huh. So they helped put together, you know, just like... I don't know, people do. That guy on American Idol. Uh, he helped put together this little super group. of. Uh, we had a band called Paper Dolls. We did like four or five shows. Um, and then I ended up getting in, you know, the best band, punk band to ever come out of Athens, Ohio. Which was? One Man's Head. Thank you very much. <laughs> so that was a really cool band because... Um, the guitar player ended up, you know, being in Prison Shake. Oh. And the drummer ended up playing with Leaving Trains for a while. Oh, nice. And then I ended up doing, you know, Scrawl. Okay. So that was pretty cool. That was, and one, then, that was one Man's Head? One Man's Head. Okay. It's on a, we're on a cassette compilation out of Cleveland, I do believe. Okay. Uh, but, and then I met, you know, from, I met Great Plains and... Uh, there were some bands that kind of had a few people from Athens and a few people from Columbus back in the day. Blue was one of them. Okay. Great Plains would play down there. So just our bands played together in Athens. Okay. And then just met a few people and then met Sue and we really hit it off. And then I graduated from OU, went back to West Virginia for a while, moved back into my parents. And then I was like, I, I really wanted to play music. I, I By then I was like, I'm done with you art school. I want to play music. So then... <laughs> You know, it was like, Sue was like, just come up and see what happens. So I came up here and lived with Sue for a while. And then... Um, in Columbus? Li- yep. Okay. Came to Columbus, lived with a friend of Ron House's for a while. And then didn't have any money. I mean, there were times in the 80s, people don't re- know this, but you couldn't find a job. Mm-hmm. Like, you could not find a job. So there was just like no jobs. So I had to move back to West Virginia again. And then I ended up coming back. Um I wanted to keep playing with Sue because we had gotten, you know, in in my last year at OU, um, Kurt Schieber heard about our band. Ron House hyped our band. Okay, real and, quick, you've, you mentioned a couple of names. Who's Kurt Schieber? Well, Kurt Schieber at that, you know, is one of the people that, I don't even know how you describe it. He put out very early records, uh, no other label here. So he was a huge proponent of getting... Uh, local and indie bands, um, you know, on shows, he would help you get shows. They promoted your record. They helped put out our record. I mean, so Kurt was a big man on the scene in the indie indie scene. He also Huge. and school kids, he right? and he had school kids. Yeah, yeah. he owned school kids, yeah. right? So it was kind of the center. Like it, it was, was a, a, it really a, was a, a magnet for like there wasn't the internet. So, yeah. like, in order to find out what was going on, you, you to, had to go, like, see the flyers hanging on the yeah. wall or Every go down day. there and talk to people. And, yeah. you know, the, you always knew somebody there. And, you know, that's, it was kind of like this. The it hub was definitely of, the hub. No doubt about there's, it. It seemed like used kids had about four labels coming out of it at one time. Like, you mentioned No Other, which is Kurt yeah, Schieber's was, label. And Bela's, uh, Anyway, anyway Records, and Okra Records. I forgot mm-hmm. about Okra. That's forgot right. about Okra. It was Dan yeah. Dow. Yeah, uh, who, who's, who's also an owner, yep. right? Was it Data Panic around there too? Uh, yeah, but that yep. wasn't out of later, used kids later. necessarily. Yeah. And then there's another one. Uh, Mike Rep had a uh, oh, uh, uh, old age, old age, no age, yeah. no, no age, old age. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, wow. you talk about a hub. Yeah. There's four record labels. Yeah, in right. One in that, record store. Yeah. 
Um, So it was a big deal. And so it was just, uh, and then, you know, we, our first show, my first show in Columbus was with, was with Sue. And I think we had a different drummer. I can't remember. But our first show in Columbus was opening for the Butthole Surfers. So, I mean, that was crazy. That was you and Sue? Yeah. And I think it was our original drummer from Athens, but I can't remember. Honestly, okay. I should know. And it Sue was would know 1985 in, in June. No, yeah, I, and I hadn't officially moved to Columbus yet. So, I mean, that's kind of how the whole thing started. I, I don't know. I guess, like, Ron House and some people in Great Plains saw us in Athens, and they were just like, wow, Marcy and Carla and my friend Jane, we had Skull. And um, okay. they saw us play somewhere in Athens, and they liked it. And then they came back and said, get him to play in Columbus. And that's kind of how so, the whole thing started. They, you know. So Skull played in Athens, and some people you think saw you guys down yeah. there and asked you to open. Because we all kind of knew each other. You know, there was a lot of, there still is a lot yeah. of back and forth between Athens and Columbus. So, so how'd, you get, how'd you get the gig for opening for the Butthole Servers? Was that Kurt Schieber? Yeah. Okay. And, but you were Skull at the time. You were Skull. Skull. What Very kind of, performance yeah, what, what kind of, how was that? What kind of reception? What was the audience like? I think it was fine. Yeah. I mean, we were a little bit more performance arty and, um, and wacky. Uh, I remember mm, it being performance arty. I remember loving arty. it. I'm like, there are these women up there like doing wild things on stage. Yeah. This is awesome. We yeah. had some little bit of costuming and props and we burned th- We burned a picture of Dave Lee Roth. Although I love you, Dave Lee Roth. It wasn't anything against you. So, I mean, we just did... Performance art. Yeah, we did that and we all three sang. So that was, it was just wild. And where was the show at? It was a stash. Of okay. course. Started in, in music, surely in Columbus. Ugh. Started in music, like as a, as a fan. As, okay. As a, is that the question, or no, more as like a player? Music. More as a yeah. player. Yeah. I don't more know. Like playing. Let's see what happened. You know, of course, I went to shows all the time, and I had a million friends who were um, who were musicians, and I really kind of thought maybe I should do this. And I remember that um, there was the summer after I quit grad school and before I got a real job that I, you know, it was like a low point. I guess, you know, I I was I had a lot of free time and that's when I borrowed Scott Legg's bass and I learned that. to play a, like with some there was an embarrassment EP that I learned to play along with. It was that same year that um like a Husker Du record came out, Minutemen, Double Tinkles oh, wow. on the Dime. Like I didn't I couldn't play along with that, but there were a few yeah. things. Oh, yeah, but well, whatever. I, I played along with records, and I kind of taught myself to play bass. So before you but, even had a thought of being in a band, you were just oh, playing yeah. the bass. Right. So, records. But, you know, that was really, you know, I was just fooling around with it. And it wasn't until, like, I I don't remember exactly, but, you know, like, early 90s, um, 
91, I think, maybe, when Paul Nini proposed that uh, I was married to Keith Dimoff at the time, that okay. Keith and I might want to be in a band with him when he moved back to Columbus from Chicago. Okay. And because I think he wanted to, he wanted to sort of be the leader of a band like he didn't want like to be in a band with a bunch of people who like knew what they were doing and so like he, was, <laughs> he wanted to sound really and, smart and Keith played guitar and he's like I, you know I know you play bass Shirley like would you guys like to try to like get together and see what we can do and and he brought a bunch of songs and we learned I, I learned to play bass better uh-huh. not well but better hey that's what, it, um, that's what it's all about you know yeah and what, was, what was the first show like? Our first show was with the Campfire Walkers at Stashes um, in, at, in late 92. Wow. That's what it was. Okay. And yes. I think that year or the next year, you were on the one of the, the seminal Columbus compilation singles, uh, the, the Cowtown Records yes. Volume 2. Yes. Right? Yep. Cowtown with, Volume with, 2. With who? The New Bomb Turks. New Bomb Turks, Vibralux, Us, and... Is it Gibson Brothers or um, Gibson Brothers? No, or no, Bassholes. Bassholes. That's yeah. who it was. Yes, yeah. I was gonna say Monster Truck Five, but that wasn't. I that, don't think that's it a was great, that one. That's a great mix of bands on that. On that it is very much a wide variety of bands on that one. Yeah, I feel like we were very, very lucky. Yeah. To, I can't remember who put those out. Uh, Bela. Bela put it those was out. Bela. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was Bela, and you know, I think at that time, I think it was still kind of Bela and Jerry's okay. thing, but like. As Bela will say in his book, like he liked the like the softer bands like like Log and mm-hmm. Jerry didn't like them at all, but Bela had the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's how we got in on that. Shirley ended up putting oh out God. the first record, the plus also too. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because um, it's so different from what I know a lot of people do now. But um, and Shirley can tell me if I'm being fictional or not. But um, so Scrawl played. We got we were getting really good shows. We were playing with like Great Plains, RC Mob, um, Bread Group was one of our favorite bands that we played with all the time. Um, we were writing songs. Sue and I were, I mean, we were just writing songs and doing our thing. And it it just, I think about it, even a year and a half in, it never occurred to us really to record. We never recorded. Yeah. It just, I mean, we weren't like, we weren't trying to get out of town shows. We weren't trying to record. We were just playing around Columbus. Like we're just a local band. And, um, and Shirley was 
close friends, I think, or just maybe more like working friends with uh, OSR people, people at OSR radio. There was a radio station. There was actually a college radio station in Columbus at that time. Right. WOSR. Except for you couldn't hear it on the real radio. <laughs> no, but by golly, we could hear it. If you're on some of the dorms, I think yeah. you could hear it. Some yeah, of which the is dorms so pathetic. And on Cube. That's so, so basically, sad. you could <laughs> see it through cable. Oh you could God. listen to it through cable. I mean, Cute. how pathetic that OSU wouldn't even have a freaking yeah. college radio station. But yep. um, they were like, hey, have you guys ever thought about recording? We're like, recording? What's that? No, I mean, what's Led that? Ze- we weren't that stupid. Led Zeppelin does that. <laughs> I, yeah, but it was like, oh, I guess we could. And and then I think Sue had had an experience of doing recording at one point with her band. She was in a hardcore band called No America when I met her and I think she was like, Oh, we can do it. Like I've done this. We just recorded in this guy's basement, like eight track. Okay. So that first record's eight tracks. Um, but you know, Shirley gave us money. I mean, they, I don't even know really how it happened. Did you organize it? I honestly, Did Kurt Schieber, who organized, I, I know there was money. It was me and Kurt and uh, Dan Dugan. Okay. And somebody who wanted to be called Mr. Anonymous Dude, which originally, uh, I eventually, <laughs> like, you know, years later told you it was Scott, Scott oh. Legg. Um, like, we just all pitched in, like, I remember, like. Was it $700? Like, or, I, like the total? I, yeah, I was going to say, like, 200 us, bucks a piece yeah. or something like that. I mean, it was. I mean, think about that. Like, it we takes would, a village. And we would never have done it. Yeah. I mean, we were we weren't. I just it we're wasn't like, on we our want radar. A yeah. So funny, it wasn't on our radar. So that's what it took to be executive producer. Is yeah, it, it chipped in I guess the money, honey. That's okay. what executive producer means. <laughs> All right. Well, so um, yeah. Well, that's that's very interesting because I I re- just showing Shirley a little bit before we started recording how inexpensive it was for, to buy a seven inch single back in 1992. <laughs> I still have the. The price tags. It was two dollars uh, to buy a single. So yeah, they 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 were very cheap back then to put out an LP for seven hundred dollars. That's I that's think really... we did. I don't know how many we did, but we pressed it at Queen City Audio, which was in Cincinnati. They did old fashioned um, vinyl printing. Yeah, and Music Hall was doing it too, but they were backlogged. And um, at Queen City, they printed the cardboard. Uh, cover and then they they printed the cover separately and they glued it onto the cardboard so the first 200 scroll records or i don't know if we got 200 or maybe 500 i can't imagine we would have printed 500 so that sounds insane items now. well you can tell if you have one of the original ones because it's wrapped and pasted you can tell uh, by the way yeah. that the cover's it's put very together. cardboardy that's like the butcher cover yeah the or, or just yeah. like those old you know just like covers were in the 60s 70s that's, okay. that's what it was. It was yeah. like an old-fashioned one. Now they print it. They, then they printed. Now they printed it right on the cardboard. But yeah. and you but, did the artwork. Yeah, right? I did the artwork. I mean, it was very low budget. It's a nice package, though. <laughs> and you know, the radio station again. They, uh, Craig, um, from Craig Coon from the Craig radio Coon. station said, "Give me fifty copies, and I'll send them out." And he sent one to Robert Criscow from the um, Village Voice, and he reviewed it and gave us a B plus. Wow. Oh, and that wow. was it. Yeah, that was it. I mean, once that happened, yeah. it was just like you're going to CBGB's to play. <laughs> I mean, it was you know, I mean, that was like huge. We were yeah. like, uh, uh, uh.
did, but that was a that was a oh the frenzy. We were talking to Twin Tone, Rough Trade, and I think Sub Pop. Sub Pop. Yeah, early early Sub Pop. Because Afghan Wigs that signed us so popular. What made you decide to go to Rough Trade? Um, well, they were quirky. They were super quirky. They had some very quirky bands, and it just seemed to fit more with us. We were a little worried about signing with Twin Tone because they had some really big acts at that time, you know, mostly Soul Asylum, and I can't remember the other ones. But the replacements? It, it, was there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that band from Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah, that band. Yeah, sorry. And so we were just... I don't know. I, and and we really bonded with the guy from Rough Trade. He was a guy from England named Steve Cannell, who's just an amazing person. He wrote, a, he was one of, have you ever heard of a magazine called Puncture? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's that guy. He okay. started Puncture and he wrote for Puncture. He's just, he had a such a diverse, he saw in us what we saw in ourselves more than the other labels saw what they could do with us, I think. Mm-hmm. And he saw what we could do. Yeah. So. And I think we intuitive, intuitively kind of picked that up yeah. in, from him. In my research, uh, I, it, it says that you recorded at Paisley Park Studios. <laughs> no signs of Prince there? Because that was 1988. Prince's Meat. Prince's Meat. <laughs> uh, we did. There is a video, you guys. There's a long lost video of a tour of Paisley Park oh. from the eyes of Scrawl. <laughs> and there is where we open the refrigerator and the freezer, <laughs> and it says Prince's meat. <laughs> Do not touch. Wow. So we didn't touch it. That well, yeah. I don't know if I could have resisted. I don't know. I, I yeah. might have just you know touched, touched it. it. Yeah. I might have like touched the foil wrapping. <laughs> but yeah. where is this video now? It's in my archive somewhere. But I bet it's like what dust VHS. You know? yes. We, we VHS will dust. Dust. if we get a hold of this, listeners of yes. local waste, Folks. we will be posting. We'll, we, we'll be posting Prince. You heard it here first. Prince's meat. <laughs> It's going to be on the local waste, local waste Facebook social social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shirley, tell us about how you started recording because we mentioned you the, the Cowtown EP. Yeah, that one. I think when we did that first recording, like in Craig Dunson's, well, we mixed it in Craig Dunson's bedroom. I don't remember where we actually at the Pika recorded house? it. That was at the Pika House. I think so. Oh my gosh! I think so. Tell us what the Pika House is. It was the Pika Huss house. Pika Huss. We were talking about this last night, me and Shirley, and I was like, I think I'd have to say Pika Huss was probably my favorite band from that era. Oh, yeah? They were a local band. And um, do you remember oh, Behind wait. Monkey's Retreat? Yeah, Magnetic Planet? That's, Magnetic Planet. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, dang it, you're good. Right, yeah. I know that we recorded our next one at John Schwab Studios Ooh. because... Chris Nini, who eventually, who lives right down the street, and eventually was our keyboard player, um, was our uh, producer and engineer for that record, and he was working at Schwab Studios. Was at that, that time. in Canal Winchester? And that's uh, it was not not quite Canal Winchester, okay. but it, definitely okay. East Side, like in very like really wooded yeah. area. And the, was, was that when the TP really, was there? It was actually really beautiful. Maybe I think I remember something about a TP. I do. <laughs> you recorded in a TP? No, you could just but look there at was it. a TP there because like it was his house, but then the basement was the whole studio thing <laughs> and you know he was paul's brother and so uh he got us some cheap studio time well, that's actually a pretty good studio i think i was yeah. out there one time and i remember it being very yeah, nice it, is a it nice was very one. nice yeah. it, it was a big like we we were isolated oh, we actually got to you know be somewhere where we could you know 
only hear other people through headphones and stuff. It was a, it was a revelation. <laughs> it was a revelation. And that's the first Anyway EP that you guys did? That, that was the first full length. So the Light Fuse oh, okay. and Getaway, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Um, but I honestly cannot remember the EP recording where we must have done that. I mean... Gosh, I, I need know. to make a list of everything I can't remember <sighs> so that I can look it up and come back. <laughs> I know. When, can you have us back to do a correction? Tell us about some of the venues that you played in Columbus and, and the bands, the local bands you played with here in town. Oh. Do you guys remember some of the bands you played with? Some of the ones no, you, you enjoyed no, playing I really with? No, really don't. <laughs> I don't I'm going to need another beer if we're going to talk about that. No, well, you mentioned... It's muscle memory. I need to be drunk if I'm going to remember that. You mentioned the bread group, right? You played with them. They were before yeah. They were before us. I mean, we we played a lot with um, with Moviola and okay. a few times with Scrawl. Not a lot, We were a, a little too... Uh, you were too big for our britches by then. You <laughs> were a little busy. We actually, you were doing yeah, we a were lot busy. of we, touring we toured, when we were playing. People don't realize that. There was like in the nineties. I'm like a lot of. I mean, there were there were years in the nineties, ninety to probably ninety eight, where we were on the road six months a year. Wow. I mean, wow. we were we toured a fucking lot. Where'd you go? Where's some of the places? Everywhere. Yeah. We went. I mean, we did. We do like the classic East Coast and up down the coast and come back Midwest and then out West. So we did the U.S. probably, I don't know, five, six times, all of it. Canada. And we went to Europe a few times, I think three. Um, So we, we, we toured a lot. But, but you know, an interesting thing about Scrawl, maybe, I don't know, it seems like now, we were, like, we would come back, get back from a show at, like, 4 a.m. on a Sunday, and Sue and I both had to be at work at 8, because we were still holding down jobs, because we had no money. Yeah. We had we never had money. So it was always, like, scramble, 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 go play, come home, sleep two hours, go to work. Wow. So we did that for years, years and years we did that yeah. until so, we signed probably with Electra. Is this um, class act touring or is this sleeping on people's oh, floors touring? Oh, yeah, it's sleeping <laughs> on people's. I mean, we got, I think after about three years, we, we lied a lot and would have one person check into the Motel 6 and then yeah. we, you know, sneak yeah. into the room. But we were really good. We didn't race hell. You know, we were actually trying to sleep, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we had our little tricks of the trade. <laughs> the van was real comfy. We sometimes traveled with a sound person, but very often didn't because we had this, you know, you have your environment within your van. And when you're going to be in there for five straight weeks, you know, you got to be careful. And then we never took friends with us ever. Yeah. Yeah. Never did. We actually, we, a couple times we did. We took Jack Ritchie, our friend Jack Taylor, went to help us sell shirts and stuff. At once. Hey, I went along for your first. Shirley CBGB was at our first show. out of town. Yeah. Oh, tell us about that. Uh, that, that was, was fun. Like we, you, ha- there was Shirley a band. Was from the big city. Yeah. <laughs> she told us how to do <laughs> I lived it. Forty-five minutes outside of I New know, York City, you. so we all like went to my parents' house, you know, to start with, and uh-huh. then eventually went into the city from there. But yeah, it was crazy because it was just like I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. It was so much fun, and we piled into a van and. It, we were, we, it was crazy. Good and it was early, right? Yeah, you were saying Shirley you broke knows, two strings. Shirley oh. knows who we played with. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, 
White Zombie was one we of them. With White the Zombie. fuck? Oh, yeah, I know. We played with White Zombie and De- Devil Dogs. Um, Devil Dogs? We, we played on. with them once at CB. I don't know okay. if it was that time. Shirley knows. And, like, she was the, like, in my mind, Shirley, we wouldn't have done it if it wouldn't have been for Shirley because she, like, I had zero concept of how to navigate. Yeah, you have never been to New York. I've never been to New York. I've never even been in like Cleveland was the biggest city I'd been to. The other two bands were Nice Strong Arm, My Dad is Dead from Cleveland. Wow. And White Zombie. Get the fuck out. And then we ended up doing our first big tour. Big. (laughs) I'm lying. (laughs) Our first tour, excuse Uh me. But it was an all around the West Coast. It was probably a three or four week tour with Nice Strong Arm. Okay. Wow. So you ended up touring with them. I remember. They're amazing. They're amazing. So I saw somewhere that that you, at one point, you played with Oasis. Is that true? Well, that was on a European tour. We opened for Oasis in Amsterdam. Would this be before? um, Oh, right when it was happening. Really? Right when it was happening. It was a big venue, and it was, uh, you know, pretty funny. Because we didn't get to do a sound check and they stole our dressing room <laughs> because they had to have two dressing rooms. <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, so, they are pretty. They are. Because they, the brothers couldn't be in the same dress. Uh, their eyebrows <laughs> can't be in the same room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just, we had a blast. Dana, our drummer, set up a little, uh, he found boxes and they gave us a broken freight elevator as our dressing room, which was kind of funny. An elevator. It was like wow. six by eight, wow. you know, or something like that. Yeah. And Dana... Found some cardboard and made us a little table, and so we had a blast. <laughs> and so that was really fun. And they were great. I mean, I hated them. They yeah. were such assholes. Yeah. But my God, they were so good. It yeah. was very early on. Where was that? That like, was Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They were amazing, but they were. <laughs> so when jerks. you say you, when you say it was just happening, do you mean like definitely maybe was out or something? Uh, yeah. Okay. Like it was just starting to happen. Okay. We were right on the front end of the whole like people. <laughs> you know, it was crazy. Surely, I saw you played at least maybe twice at the Empty Bottle in Chicago. <gasps> yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember very little of those things specifically. <laughs> um, let me do my like magic. Look at her go. See who we played with. Control. Um, I did not write. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, exactly. Well, the we did the okay. The one show that was great was the um, Liz Clayton from Chicago oh, wow. did a fanzine called Wind Up, and every time it would have a different uh, theme. And this one was Wind Up Butter Cow, and it was all about Ohio and Ohio bands. And so she brought a bunch of Ohio bands to play, and so we played with Cruel Cruel Moon, um, which they were from uh, sort of the Akron. Cleveland area and New Rob Robbies, oh who my I think gosh, is from like that. Finley. Right? I remember that, yeah. And uh, so that was the Wind Up Butter Cow thing. Why do and I know that name, Wind Up Butter Cow? Is that a flyer? Or it, is it's that a, a fanzine. Okay, I might, I might and have you may that, have seen it. Yeah. Um, it was she. She's she's a great writer and she's got a great sensibility and she has amazing memory. So like uh-huh. you know, for all of those things, that Wind Up Butter Cow was the only interview log ever did, and <laughs> we sat outside of that UDF next to uh, next to stashes oh. and you know drank. Oh God, I, I think we that. were drinking beer. I don't remember. We were or we drank beer beforehand or whatever, and and it was really fun. But I remember thinking like. 
we're not a band that gets interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) So, so this is your second interview. This is, yes, (laughs) pretty much. Where else did you play out of town much or? We played, uh, our first show was at a place in Chicago called Phyllis's Musical Inn. And uh, just this like little hole in the wall kind of place. Um, Paul used to live in Chicago. And so we played with, um, with, I could look it up. I can't remember the band names right now, but you know, bands that he knew. And um, it was on a um, Halloween and it was snowing because it was Chicago. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but then we, we played at, uh, we played at the Empty Bottle a couple of times. We played at Lounge Axe at least once. I think maybe just once. And I can't remember who we played with. I remember that that may have been the Monster Truck Five shows, like Monster Truck Five and uh, us and Moviola. I don't know. Again, I could look it up here, but I don't mm-hmm. want to waste your time. <laughs> but we did not play out of town very much. We played um, at Brownies in New York okay. once. We played in uh, Cleveland once at a place. I can't remember the name of it now. I was just looking at it yesterday. A place that I don't remember. Um, but you guys all had full-time jobs, we, right? And that was the thing. Like We were definitely a... Um, we were not like, oh, we're going to strike it rich as a band. Like, we uh-huh. never thought, like, we're going to make this a full-time thing. It was always like, we like playing music. We really liked we really liked the recording process. We like getting together and playing. And we played out, but not as many shows as you would think. Like, we didn't just go, oh, we can get a Wednesday with, you know, a bunch of bands that are our friends or whatever. It's like, hey, get up the next day, you know? <laughs> it's like, I don't think I want to do that. And we, you know, we would obviously... If we could get a show with um, out-of-town bands, we would do that as, you know, whatever day it was. But Did you, know. you think that was the, the attitude of a lot of Columbus bands around that time? Just- I think probably more, yes, a little bit. But, you know, like I think of Moviola as kind of the same thing. I mean, they're they're still going now. So I think that they... Um, their new record is you know, excellent. Their new record is excellent. And that show that they put on at Mershon was amazing. I haven't seen it But yet. I think that they... Um, yeah, it's recorded. You can watch it. Um, but I think that, like, yeah, who I don't know who was the first to refer to it as mortgage rock. <laughs> but like, it, you know, the idea of like, I, we're not going to be the next best, the next new thing. We're not going to be Nirvana, you know, or whatever. It's like let's just have fun with our friends. Yeah. And yeah. so. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that some of the Columbus bands had that attitude, and maybe those of us who were perhaps a little bit older than the others in the scene, kind of mm. were more like that. But, you know, some of the bands were much more ambitious. What do you think, you know? uh, Marcy? You guys, what's the phrase, mm. grabbed the brass ring when you signed with Electra? <laughs> yeah, How we did. That did. Happen? Well, that... that was interesting. Um, we had, you know, we had... Um, Bad, we kind of had bad luck with labels. So we were on Rough Trade. They went bankrupt. We put out a record with this label in Chicago called Feel Good All Over. We got kind of, that was an interesting thing. I don't want to say we got ripped off, but it, uh, it's a long story for another podcast. <laughs> whole story of itself. The bankruptcy podcast. Uh, yes. And then, um, then we did, oh God, it was just, you know, we probably were in with negotiations with Sub Pop after that for maybe a year and a half, and it just kept morphing because that's when Nirvana, I think, when did Nevermind come out in 91? I think that's right, yeah. And so they had, you know, Sub Pop had sold Nirvana to Geffen, and mm-hmm. so there were, that was when all of the indie labels, like Twin Tone, like 
Red yeah. Trade, like um, Sub Pop. We're, we're trying to get indie bands like Scrawl to sign, you know, six, seven record deals. We talked to Touch and Go a ton. And I, I regret not going to Touch and Go, honestly, because uh-huh. I love that label out of Chicago. Um, and I love their music, the li- their lineup. And they had just started Quarter Stick. I don't know if you remember that, but that was like their not totally noise um, sister label. Who who would you say was the big band? I'm trying to think of who was on Touch and Go. Was uh, the, Jesus Lizard. Was the Meat Men on uh, Touch and Go? Maybe, yeah. Uh, I just think of Jesus Lizard and like was maybe Scratch Kill Lizard. Yeah, there, okay. like, like the, those like yeah. very yeah. kind of maybe laughing amphetamine reptile-ish no. kind of bands. Yeah. Well, if you weren't on, on Amrap, you were on that. I don't I remember, but so it was just abrasive and and yeah. and really good. And then we ended up signing with simple machines which was a really new label out of washington dc run by two women and they were the first label that got us a european tour oh they were and they were the first label that did what they said they were going to do they were freaking amazing Mm -hmm. and then after a few years they decided to call it quits and move on and i mean one of them they're you know advocates for music and one of them has like they're they're amazing women that have kept on doing really cool stuff and so we were just sitting there, and Dana had gotten married and probably was wanting to have a kid. And, you know, we were like, what are you going to do now? And um, Electra had, had, we had a, you know, had Electra had, you know, questioned us a few times because we knew people there. And, and we were like, let's just do it. And Steve Albini begged us not to do it, and he was right. I was, and then I was, we did it anyway. I was, you know, I was, nobody <laughs> wants to tell Steve Albini. Right? No, I mean, he was like, you saw my... I mean, we had seen the article that he'd written already about right. there's this giant hole, and these bands keep jumping into it. You, may, you may already be this fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's, if you haven't read it, yeah. we were that fucked. But we kind of knowingly were that fucked. We didn't have high expectations from Elector. We just didn't quite know what else to do. And we're like, well, why not? Let's back up just a second because you mentioned Steve Albini and you recorded with him. What, a bunch. How did you record with him? How did that happen? Um, well, it, interestingly enough, um, when Rough Trade folded, a, a friend of ours that worked for that label, a guy named Terry Tolkien, just he, we went through a horrible experience recording um, Small Mouth. Okay. It, I, it, it, it almost killed us. It was just very, it was not fun. It was an awful recording experience in hindsight. Um, so we were like, never going to record again, you know. And then uh, <laughs> Terry was like, why don't you, you know, you guys need someone who can capture your sound and not try to, like, we had to play on a metronome on smallmouth. I mean, just bullshit. Yeah. <sighs> like, they put a piece of tape on Carolyn's snare drum, you know, like an inch and a half by an inch and a half and said, you have to hit it on that piece of tape. <sighs> just crazy. <laughs> and I don't put out records where people sing out of tune, like stuff like that uh, was said. <sighs> you know, so it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. And, um, we were just, we didn't know what to do, but we had some songs, and Terry's like, why don't you go record with um, Steve Albini? We had a little bit of, I don't know how we had money, but we're like, let's just give it a try. What have we got to lose? And we really hit it off Yeah, with him, like, right away. Would this have been after he'd already this recorded? This was for Bloodsucker. Yeah, Bloodsucker. Bloodsucker was the first record. Yeah, we recorded that with him. Okay. Would that have been after um, he did the Nirvana record the in, in utero? No. Okay, so this was before that It was that before happened. that. Okay. And then we did, we ended up doing, I think, a single with him and Velvet Hammer. And then I think it was after Velvet Hammer that, oh, it might have been right around the same time he recorded um, 
yeah, he recorded in Euro. Okay. And he, before that, he had, re- I think he did like some album with like Page and Plant or something. There was some kind of Jimmy Page album he worked on. So it was so cool. Anyway, okay. we always had a super great relationship with both Steve and he had a studio, Electrical Audio, and then, and Bob Weston too, who is a, has played in bands and is. So what did he do amazing. to try to talk you out of signing with Electra? Tell us about he that. He just said, I mean, we already knew. Yeah. We already knew what we were doing. We already knew the, the routine. So so what what was the deal with Electra? How does that... It's how just many any major label. You sign a shitty deal. Uh, what we made, we worked really hard, and we wanted Steve to make the record. You know, we're like, well, you're going to help us make um, Travel on Rider. We work really hard. It had really good songs on it. And we recorded um, at... Uh, I think Pachyderm, it was called, where where okay. in utero was recorded. We recorded some there, and and in France, Steve said, "Come to France and record." We had a great time. Like that was the yeah. best yeah. experience we possibly could have had because I think Steve also was like, "You guys are so jaded and beat up. Let's go make a fun record." And recording with him, so um, you know, you make a really good record, and they had you know i think missy misdemeanor elliot's first record came out the same week ours did and they were on the shoot they were on the same label and they just decided not to promote our record oh. and actually i think spoon and built a spill were also two of the other bands that had gotten signed at the same time and they just decided not to promote any of our records wow and so our record was out it got good decent reviews but they didn't. They decided they weren't going to promote any indie type mm. bands. They were going to go towards you know hip hop and stuff. Yeah. So you're just screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you've signed this contract. But they find a way to take every penny that they gave you back. So. Our it's cat's just running. demoralizing. Our, it's <laughs> I'm sorry. Our cat is running around like a crazy person right it. now. It's just yeah. So that's kind of it's it's if you read that article yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly like that. Okay. Although we went a little more knowingly. Yeah, you'd already been, you know, put out several albums already. Yeah, we, and so. we'd already been fucked over several times, so we're just like, let's just get fucked <laughs> Which over again. Which new ways can we get fucked over? <laughs> let's get fucked over in a different way. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, so right around 97, 98, you were with Electra, and they had a shakedown, and oh, yeah. you know, were no longer we with weren't. Electra. But you had um, created postcards. Oh, shit, to send, you have one? To, to pass out at shows. <laughs> To send to Electra's president. We did. That's right. I remember. Because mm-hmm. it was some bullshit. Did it? Did how good did it feel to have a little dig? And did it, it do any? Good. Did it do any? Have any impact? Uh, no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's. I have heard this said, and and it's got to be true. There, if you saw a contract that most musicians sign, that it's illegal. It's mm-hmm. a, it's it's illegal. I mean, yeah. you you can. They will only work with you if you get your contract negotiated by certain people that work for them. Yeah, it's just wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Was, was there any good aspect out of the the Electra deal? I yeah, mean, did, I mean, we did, got that photo shoot that I saw you. We got, these, <laughs> we got the wardrobe and some hair done we'll, we'll and post, makeup. We'll post that up on yeah. our social. Yeah, so we media. got to have an actual like we're rock stars experience. We got uh-huh. to meet Adam Sandler in an elevator. Oh, um, wow! <laughs> <laughs> Take your perks when you can we get We were home. staying at a fancy hotel in New York. Was that one of your demands in the contract? We have to <laughs> stay in, yeah, but it, I mean, meet a celeb. <laughs> it was fine, but you know. It's so funny that the least amount of touring and the most stifled was when we were on the biggest label. Like, they just yeah. couldn't get a tour put together for us. And actually, 
I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, the the very last tour that Scrawl was supposed to do, and this straw that kind of broke the Scrawl Camel's back, even though we've never broken up, we're st- we still play, was um, we were supposed to do like a three-week West Coast tour, I think, with Built to Spill. And I broke my collarbone on that stupid bike path down there, oh. riding my bike for the first time in like three years. So we had to cancel the the whole tour. Wow. I do like not Like two days that. before oh we were supposed God. to go on tour. That was just awful. And it, it felt like it. Like, it felt like the minute I broke it, I was like, this is the end. Like, you just felt it. Like, I knew yeah. it's going to be our last tour. And then Dana was getting ready to move. And it was just like, fuck. Well, I'm all alone. Cause you're not at home. I sit at home. So what I want to do is talk about videos. I saw one, uh, Marcy, and it was for Your Mother Wants to oh, Know. Oh, yeah. Oh, the one where, like, Were everybody's you? walking yeah. through the house. I was not involved in that. Uh, I, was, I thought I saw you in there, but maybe it not. Was, um, well, not me. It was uh, a, a bunch of people. Well, Gay from uh, Belle Reve and Craig Bo- Dunson from Boy Scout Love Triangle. Boy Scout Love Triangle. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. God dang. She was also in. You're good. <laughs> wait, she was in um, that other band. Oh, yeah. Craig. I didn't know that she was in Boy Scout Love Triangle, but she was in. I just saw her. Oh, picture. Vibralux? Yeah, there was a band she called was Vibralux. In Vibralux with Jenny May. Okay. Yeah, so there were uh, yeah. some people. Yeah. yeah, that was all local local talent. Yeah, we local, saw some we talent. saw some Easter eggs in there. We did see Craig. We we're trying <gasps> oh! to like identify people that were going through there. We'll post it on our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, the video, all how, one take. Yeah, how difficult was that? Was it one was take? fun as hell. Wow, it was so fun. We yeah, it t- we mapped it out for a day and a half. We ran through it like six times, and then we recorded it three times. Oh man, so fun. The mystery word is moo. I'd like to read, if I may, uh, a listener question at this time that Keith Allen asks uh, on our Facebook page. Is there any new scrawl music on the horizon? Well, Keith, as you fucking well know, <laughs> you recorded the last scrawl song, when, you beast. When was that? Uh, I think it was two, like about, about... Four months before COVID started. Oh, wow. That's soon. Back in 82. Ought to. Ought to. Yeah, like it feels like five million years ago. Um, yeah, we did We did record a song. And, you know, we got some in the hopper. We have some that we wrote 15 years ago that we've never recorded. That one that you wow. like, Jack Ruby, and that one. Remember that poppy one? He was like, you guys need to record that. I said, gee, Shirley, why don't you get on WOSR and get me $700? We'll make another record. (laughs) (laughs) We could kickstart that. Let's kickstart that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we have stuff. It's more than $700 now. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm afraid. Well, what's interesting about that, though, with with a bunch of like with home recording now, I mean, you didn't really have like way back when you really didn't have, I mean, you had a four track at home or something like that, but like. Now you can do all sorts of stuff. I don't know. Like we, I remember when Scrawl was working on how we were going to record in the studio for He's Drunk. We, I remember reading an article about how you can take two cassette players 
And you like wow. record like the bass and the drums, uh-huh. and then you be- and I don't do you do you ever do this? No, and then no. you like play that, and then you play along to it with your guitar. And if you set it up just right, it's like multi tracking, but it's using like two cassette players because we got a four track. Me and Sue got a four track. We could not figure out how to use it. <laughs> we couldn't figure out how to use a four track. So we're just like, let's just do this cassette bounce thing. Wow. It's high tech. And that's like a reel to reel that you're talking about. Well, I wish. No, track. it was actual. Yeah. No, the four track was, were they reel to reel? No. The they were those tracks. new ones. Those new high, highfalutin ones. Oh. So they did. I don't even know. what. No, you put a cassette in them. Oh, okay. okay. Like, uh, do you remember those? Everybody yeah, yeah, was yeah. getting them. Yeah. Everybody was getting them. <laughs> we could not figure out how to do it. It gave up. For all those youngsters out there, cassettes uh, are something that we used to code, record mixtapes on. For people we like. Exactly. If you wanted to get into someone's pants, you made them a mixtape. Yes, you sure did. It was a calling call. You sure did. It was the love call. So we have another. I'm going to go with the um, listener questions. Uh, we have another one that was posted on Facebook um, from Billy Spitfire. What was the most money you ever made playing at Apollo's VIP lounge? <laughs> First off, it wasn't Apollo's VIP lounge. <laughs> I thought it was. It was I, the, the, the it was called T H E IP Lounge. IP Lounge. And oh. then it was called Apollo's. Oh. It was never Apollo's IP Lounge. Okay. I think we established that v last night, IP right? Lounge. Okay. Yes. So you've it already was... reviewed this information. Oh, we have. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the most money. Did Did you ever play there? I don't think we ever played there. Because that was before there. your time. We played, or it was before our time. Before we played, time. you know, stashes and uh, the, Look, the I distillery, Bernie's. I don't know. What Did Did you ever make money I there? don't know, but I did will you tell you this. Euros? I will tell you two quick stories about okay. playing there. One. Scrawl, Great Plains, RC Mob. Oh, Three, at what a lineup! Wow, at, at, a, a, lineup. at, a, at a Euro in store. that yes. like closet, the size of this room. Yeah. We decided to really. We're all bands. We've been playing a lot. We got some fans. By God, we're not charging one dollar tonight. We're charging two. Oh, oh my God! Wow. Oh, the nobody would pay it. <laughs> yeah, so he bumped it back down to a dollar. This is like on a Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I can just remember at one point. I don't. I think it was. I don't know if it was one of the Wyatt brothers or Ron, but, you know, the indignity of it all just really just kicked out at once. Yeah. You're seeing three, it's 33 and a third cents yeah. a band. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's Saturday night in the city. Come on, three. You, yeah, the, it was There's crazy. still kind of a $5 bar. Oh, it, it has never stopped. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's yeah. just something you, that bands can't cross, yeah. you know? And then we would play, we played there so many times with Laughing Hyenas, four or five. Yeah. And every time, each person, Laughing Hyenas, would go to the door guy and say, when you're done, give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> and so Scrawl, Sue would go and say, okay, <laughs> Every member of the Laughing Hyenas is going to come to you at some point and ask you to give them the money. Give yeah. it to me. <laughs> and I mean, it was probably 25 bucks. Who knows? <laughs> Didn't they pay you in euros? Or? They did. You yeah. could eat a euro. And that's a G-Y-R-O euro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah it was a dollar. It was before euros. It was a dollar. Anyway. It was so a that's dollar. why yeah, they want to pay you dollar two dollars because you, you had to have Damn. something. You always saved a dollar for the end of the evening. And there was a decibel meter that would get that would come out every now and then. <laughs> Because he got in trouble, and so he would be like, "Oh, too loud." We have yeah. another listener question um, from a man named Sam 
Who do you listen to today? Two things that really came to mind are my two favorites, I guess, and they're very different from each other. Fontaine's DC. Okay. Have you ever heard of them? I've heard of them, but they're, I never oh my God. Yeah, from Ireland. They're really, really, really good. Yeah. And uh, Krungbin. Have you heard of Krungbin? No. They are, uh, I don't know how I would, like, they're from Houston, but they don't seem like they're from Houston. They seem like they're kind of from outer space. Anyway, yeah. Let's do one more listener question. Uh, oh, I like and it. Um, this is from Ken Epstein. <gasps> and he Hi, says Hi, he, he wants you to brag on yourself. Um, what is the, uh, of the many contributions that you uh, both have made to Columbus music scene, what's the one you're most proud of? What's the thing Holy you're, you're shit. happiest Who's with? Who's ready for most that? Most proud of. <laughs> I, I, I have one. I'm most proud of helping Scrawl put out that first record. That, yeah. Because oh, that, that's so cool. you know, that I mean, look what that ass. started. I mean, yeah, that look led what to that Ace started. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 200 bucks right there. 200 wow, bucks right I there. Wish. Down, down the crapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right down the crapper. Oh, wow. I, that's a really, really... Okay, I got a couple. For one thing, at Surly Girl, when we were doing the parking lot blowout and we were helping to raise money for the Columbus Music Co-op, that was really uh, an awesome thing to get to do. So I was really happy about that. Really proud of that. You know, of course, proud to represent Columbus, Ohio in Europe when we got to Mm -hmm. go there and do some shows. And um, I proud isn't the right word, but I guess... I, I don't know how many people realize how many of you kept Ace of Cups open in 2020. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, like so many people volunteered to do free live streams, gave, stopped by and spent 100 bucks on two cocktails or what. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm proud that whatever I did in my past that made people want to come by and keep that place open so that it could carry on and not turn into an urban outfitter's north or whatever mm-hmm, it would right. probably be by now. Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of what I'm proud of. Uh, Shirley, tell us, uh, for she mentioned the music, Columbus Music Co-op. Tell us a little about what that was. Oh, well, I did not start the Columbus Music Co-op. I kind of like was brought in later. Um, but it was an organization that um, did good things for musicians. Um, one of the ways that they gave back was to use the money that they raised on things like the parking lot blowout or whatever to help musicians with health care bills okay um one of the things that was really tough was that nobody felt like they deserved it like we would go to people and like say you know please apply for this money 
And everybody's like, oh, somebody else needs it more than me. That's it's like, no, dude, you're getting dental work and you can't afford it. Please just fill out this form and we will give you some money. Oh, no, I don't think I will. Like mm. everybody has been very selfless about it. So that was kind of interesting because, you know, we really wanted to help people, but it was hard to get people to accept that help. Hmm. Um, and Colum that, Columbus has it? some pretty bad teeth, too. <laughs> and some it's pretty generous like people. <laughs> it's true. Uh, does that still exist? Uh, no, it 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 uh, it ran its course. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I can't remember exactly how many years it was together. At least I would say at least ten. Yeah, I mean, um, Aaron Moore and Jess Fowler. Yeah, like, they were did. the ones who started it, and you know, Ben Chenoweth or yeah. bunch of Ladon. I mean, and the way it started um, was so just an idea and then yeah. it grew, grew yeah yeah and yeah they and there were you know workshops helping people figure out how to do different stuff as far as music goes and things like that and, I think uh, that's kind of like just from being on tour a lot and, and going to different cities that's one thing about Columbus that has always captivated me about the music scene is it's not competitive like uh, you know like there was so much competition in cities between bands that hated each other and wouldn't play together and if <laughs> if this band played at that club then the other band wasn't going to play at that club and i don't ever remember that stuff happening here yeah and and um and mix and matching of genres here was just it from the from the get go right like you could have you know campfire walkers scrawl and I don't know. I mean, like just it could be yeah. just this mishmash of, of genres and nobody cared either. Or like yeah. that, like, like that uh, Columbus uh, Cowtown, yeah, Cowtown mm -hmm. record with yeah. Viberlux, Bassholes, Log, and New Bomb Turks is yep. quite a, quite a mix. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, it is true. Yeah. I'm going to ask uh, you, Marcy. You mentioned that you were ownership owner of Ace of Cups, mm -hmm. and then we also talked about Surly Girl mm -hmm. too. What made you want to get into business? Oh, my God. Uh, that's a great question in hindsight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, I can remember uh, after Dana moved away, our drummer, and not playing very much, and I was playing some, but I thought, this fucking town has done so much for me. I want to have, a, and then Sue and I wanted to play, and there was probably about three or four years where we would have played a lot more, but there was nowhere we wanted to play. There was mm. nowhere we wanted to play. Mm -hmm. We are like, well, where will we play? And we'd be like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It was that bad for mm. a while. I don't know if you remember. Like, there's been some ups and downs. But after right. Little Brothers closed. Yeah, right. after Little uh, Brothers closed. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, there was just nowhere we wanted to play. And so, and I thought, you know, I we this town, and I, you know, people would, you know, I knew bands like Shellac, and I knew bands like, uh, you know, uh, Tim Lee, and um, even, you know, would be like, oh, where should we play in Columbus? And I couldn't recommend anywhere, and it was breaking my heart. Mm -hmm. And so somehow, foolishly, Carmen and Liz and I thought that we could have bands at Surly Girl. I don't know how we ever thought that was going to happen. <laughs> well, we did have one there show. There were some good shows. We, we had, had a couple shows one. there. Remember when Let's Active played? Let's Active and Cloud Cult or something Cloud like that. Cult? There was a band that it was like in the back. Of yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we used to have punk rock aerobics. Yeah, it was Let's Active. I remember right. punk That's crazy. Oh, yeah. that Wait was a minute. So fun. Let's Active played Mitch Easter. Yeah, Mitch Easter and Marty yeah. Jones. Right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. In the yeah, yeah. So I mean, we had, but, but every but then, word means no. <laughs> exactly. 
we just very quickly were like, that was a bad idea. This room's like the hallway to the kitchen. But anyway, (laughs) so then um, after that, I don't know. I'm just the kind of person that I go through these cyclical depressions. And every now and then I have to do something that's going to change my life in a very extreme way or else I'm just going to quit. And that was one of those moments for Ace of Cups. I was like, I got to do something big or I got to go home. Mm-hmm. Or wherever the home is, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But I was like, "Go big or go home." And so I just, I just dove in and did it. But I, again, benefited tons of help. Yeah. Like yeah, a lot of people loan me money. I still owe a lot of people. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I owe the state money, the city money, the county money. I painted the purple wall oh. on the side. Of, <laughs> I know, I like wanted, it's, yeah. and I, you know, <laughs> it just. I don't know. It's just amazing. No, that that, so. that is a huge asset to Columbus. Um, oh yeah. For I fans. hope it keeps going for a long time. I really do because it's a great space. That sound you hear is Don B singing Batman, and that means it's time for our speed round question. Oh, shit. Linda, are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> I'm going to bomb. Who goes first? You go first, Pat. All right. Speed round question number one. Shirley, what were some of your favorite local bands in the 80s and 90s? Oh, in the 80s, of course, uh, Scrawl and Great Plains, Bass Holes, Gibson Brothers. Well, Gibson Brothers first. Um, 90s, uh, Moviola, Gaunt. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, Well, let's see. Favorite local bands. What Shirley said. Okay. Uh, Of course, Great Plains, RC Mob, um, Pika Huss, um, Satan's Bake Sale. (laughs) Satan's Bake Sale. Yeah. I remember I, that band. Who was in Who was in Satan's Bake Sale? Tootie oh, and and Tootie Jack, and Richie, our Richie friend Jack. and Scott. Okay. Scott Lee. Yeah. And uh, oh god, I don't remember Shirley, who the there drummer was. There was a couple of them last night that I was like, I used to. Go they see didn't them. record, did they? Satan's Bake Sale. No, I don't I think that. they ever okay. did. But yeah. yeah, at least we don't have them. Harry Pat was one of my all time faves. Um, yeah. Oh my god, there's so many good bands, and I'm going to forget them. So, and the you know the no brainers. All right, question number two. What were some of your favorite local records of the 80s and 90s? Uh, oh. Mommy Star? Yeah, go. Uh, Great Plains one. Born in a Barn. Gibson Brothers Build a Raft. He's Drunk. Scrawls, He's Drunk. <laughs> um, and uh, Difficult recording, wait, I understand. No, yes. that one was, that was difficult, but not as difficult. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, was nature film fun. was that the na- that the difficult one? No, that was fun. That was fun. Well, that was good. And um, durable dream, like one of the early moviola ones, Ooh. or mid early to mid moviola. I ones. can't even believe you remember the names. The, bl- I, the blue period. How do you remember the names of the actual? Uh, <laughs> I looked them up earlier. <laughs> I got nothing. She did her homework, Marcy. She did, and I did not. <laughs> I did my homework. Sorry. I did not. I was like, that first RC mob record. I was just going to say, say Landa, really just say Landa, world. Just say yeah. Landa Sugar. No, Landa Sugar. Landa Sugar. Thank there you, you go. See, okay, knew. see. And that, uh, you knew we would know. Oh, and I really liked the Gibson Brothers record. Mm. But like, and, and the 45s, I can't. I got not. I mean, I liked a lot. Um, I had a Pika Hus t- cassette. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it was a, like a demo yeah. thing. Or yeah, 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 I had that. Yeah. I played the living shit out of that. 
Um, wow. Okay, before you go any further, this Thank next qu- this next oh. question might morph into that, but think about this one. What's the one local record from the 80s and 90s you think everyone should have in their collection, whether you think it's representative of the time period or you just think it's the best one? I picked... One for each of the decades. Oh, so good. Oh, right? good. Good. My 80s one was He's Drunk. Damn. Because that, I mean, that that just feels like when every single song, like, brings back some memory for me personally. So it's totally, and let's just be totally clear, me. That's the record by Scrawl. By Scrawl. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and then for the 90s, I cheated because this is actually two compilations. It's the Data Panic compilations, the Shave the Baby and Bump by Karaoke. Okay. Because, like, all the bands that played around all the time are on there. Yeah. And so I didn't, I was going to bring them with me and, like, yeah. be able to read some of them, but well, I don't we'll, remember. We'll post them. We'll post them. We'll on. post them, yeah. But those, the, that sounds like Columbus 90s to me. If I remember right, the, the first Data Panic CD, Shave the Baby, was all the first singles of the of Data Panic, and then the second one I think was just unreleased songs, like other songs. It wasn't really. Singles. You remember yeah. better than me, okay. other than like when I want to just hear a nice sample of everything that I, you know, that was out there in the '90s yeah. in Columbus. I pull those out for okay. sure. Okay, all right. And Marcy, oh what do you God. think? Just I, okay, you don't have to cheat. You don't have to cheat like Marcy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on Shirley's bandwagon and say from the '80s, everybody needs scrawl. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just well, say were... Land of Sugar. <laughs> you said you were you like the Great Plains records. I did. Too. Well, I did. I love that one. And then, uh-huh. but you know, I was more. It's so funny. I've always I've always been a little bit more of a live music person. So I just associate it uh, so much with the shows that I saw. Um, but. Uh, and then for the 90s, oh, my God, I just, I, I guess I p- should probably say that my f- favorite Columbus record from the 90s might be that Burn Barrel release. Yeah. Is that the 90s? Yeah, I think it might that be. That is might... the very early 2000s, oh, I shit. think. But I'm sure it was recorded in the 90s. So, <laughs> yes, and that some, counts. Some of, those rec- some of those songs were from the 90s because okay, I you. remember the Beekeeper, um, not the Beekeepers, but the Great State of Ohio, I think, played some of those so songs. But it's so hard to pick. And so, yeah, I mean, the compilation, I mean, you've done compilations. Data Panic did compilations. Wasn't there like Eardrop, some... remember? Craig eardrop. Um, I, eardrop. I would probably stuff. pick those eardrops. Yeah, the eardrop one. I mean, yeah. that's kind of like, to me... Those are the ones you got to have for the comps. Comps yeah. are gold. All right. So next question. What was your first local show that you remember seeing and at what venue? For me, it was Mr. Brown's on March 28th of 1983. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote wow. this down. Oh, my God. It was, um, it was insane. Great so Plains cold. opening up for the embarrassment. <gasps> no wonder That's you remember that. That's the one that I actually remember. I, oh, good. Um, <gasps> I know that I went to local shows before that, but that was that's the one that sticks in my mind. Where what what's Mr. Brown's? Where was Mr. Brown's? Mr. Oh, Brown's man. was on the east side of the street, somewhere between like King and Sixth. Ninth? Oh. No. I thought it was No, King and Eighth or Ninth. Yeah, I'm it goes the opposite the other way. I'm sorry. Yeah, on and it was like an old big sort of square building that didn't have anything on either side uh-uh. of it. Like it, was it wasn't weird. attached to anything. It was just like, you know, old brick building or whatever. The bathrooms 
didn't work very well. Sometimes it was was, a strip joint. (laughs) And maybe, yeah, I don't remember that other than I saw... um, I saw that show there. I saw like Jonathan Richmond. I think I missed the I first the replacement show. The Circle Jerks there. The I think I missed the first replacement show, which was also in '83 there. But they they had some good stuff. But they closed really early. Like yeah, I don't know '84. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what it was, but it was a. I think that's I, the I'm, first show I drove from Athens to Columbus to really? see was at Mr. Brown's, and it was the Circle Jerks. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. There you have it. So quick quick fact check on the Burn Barrel uh, album. There's- Marcy, you squeaked by. It is 1999. <gasps> 1999. <gasps> really? Wow. 1999. Shit. And, and I, I pulled out the eardrop uh, uh, seat compilations. CD too. So, so good. And my autographed uh, Shave the Baby oh CD. My God, oh, was it autographed by, oh, by Don Bovey because he's yeah. the cover model. Oh, ouch, cute. That's who it. I was trying to think of that had Laura DeBrier on guitar. Yeah. This this oh, is yeah. gold. Eardrop product. This, these are so gold. What, what bands are, gold. What other bands are on that one? So many good ones. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones on there. We'll we'll just we'll post this on Facebook. Yeah, I'll post it we'll, on there. We'll get back to that one. Okay, For last sure. last last question on the speed round. Um, who would you consider a lost or under recorded <sighs> band from the that time frame, eighties <sighs> and nineties from Columbus? Someone who didn't maybe didn't record as much as they should have, or not at all, uh, and you wish they had. Well, there's the Bread Group. Yeah, that would have been amazing if they. Would there have was made a something. Record. There was something in the Facebook group not too long ago that I think that Frank said that they've got some tapes, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they were like, is. I don't. You guys, I don't remember before your time. Yeah, because they they cut out pretty early. They went away to school. I think they graduated, but they were like a, some English majors. And I mean, Scrawl played with them almost every time we played. We played the first few years. We played with the Bread Group. Yeah, it would be pretty cool to hear. Their recordings. Um, you mentioned Pika Hus earlier. I know yeah. that they they had they had some stuff, but not like an album. Yeah, they didn't not, put out yeah, an album. That would have been great. Yeah. Um. I mean, Beekeepers just had one record. Yeah. I, that was real, and I really liked. I don't know whether Marcy was as as enamored of them as as I was, but like, there's this whole constellation of like, there's a band called the Mountain Walkers. It was like. Mike Grapp and um, Terry, Devin, mm-hmm. and um, then there was the Campfire Girls. Then eventually the two bands kind of came together as like the Campfire Walkers, and it was much much more like rootsy or whatever. There's cassettes, but I don't think there's anything like vinyl for any of those bands. And I think a band that I really loved, but it probably wouldn't have made a good record, but a hell of a video was this band called Razor. I remember, remember Razor. Razor? Yeah, like yeah. that. I don't know if it would have come off in like on yeah. a cassette or anything, but a live, vi- that would have been amazing. I think they were on one of the Sprog. Is that right? Oh, Sprog tapes? Yeah, I've got Holy some Sprog moly. tapes. Yeah, I think they're on there. Um, okay. We need to have a party and listen to all these <laughs> yes. I No, I, I know this is your speed round, but I always have to add that I, just, I think the Barbed Wire Dolls <gasps> should have been... I got the singles. I, I know. Oh, that was so good. I mean, Scrawl actually did a cover of Pissing Out the Poison. Oh, oh. my God. Yes, we did. Is that released? But never recorded. I don't know if it was ever recorded. We so just did put that on your list for the new things to yeah. record. Yeah. We did a cover of Pissing Out the Poison. Yeah. Oh. I know. So good. Amazing. So good. Hey, Pat. I've been listening to the same records for a while. I need some new pulp in my juice. Well, I have no idea what that means, but... <laughs> Why don't we head on over to Use Kids Records? 
Well, that sounds fantastic, but I'm not looking to spend a lot, and I'm not sure what I want. No problem. Used Kids has both new and used records, and they even have a dollar bin. They also have singles, CDs, DVDs, and even a magazine and puzzle section. Well, sounds like they have everything I could want. Uh, Where are they located, Pat? Scenic 2500 Summit Street, Columbus, Ohio, right by Summit and Hudson, just off 71. Easy drive from campus or anywhere. Used Kids Records for all your music needs. It's time for the trivia question, where I ask a trivia question of our two guests. I assume, Marcy and Shirley, you have both been to Bernie's Bagels and Distillery. Ooh, yeah. And I assume that you've both had sandwiches at Bernie's Bagels. I lose. Yes. Now, this is is not a competition. This is is an exhibition, as David Letterman used to say. And so... You can collaborate on this answer. But if you were to go to Bernie's and felt like you wanted to have homemade hummus on a pita with lettuce and tomato, you would be ordering A, a jackhammer, B, a Florentine, or C, a humdinger. I think it's got to be the humdinger. I got to go with Humdinger. Is that your final answer? Final answer. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. I did. Yeah. Many, many thousands of times ordering that Humdinger. Well, I think the key was it's hummus, so it's Humdinger. (laughs) Oh. So we're not as smart as we I didn't even notice that. I figured Florentine has something to do with spinach. spinach. And then what was a jackhammer? Probably like Monterey Jack cheese or whatever. You're going to have another chance. You're going to have meat on a jackhammer. Here we go. Okay. Another chance. (laughs) Prince's meat. Another chance. (laughs) Prince's meat is not the ingredients. Um, Okay. So let's say you go to Bernie's and you want to have... Corned beef, turkey, salami, cheddar, lettuce, and tomato served on rye. That sounds delicious. You would be having a true soul rocker, a Dana's Delight, or a Buckeye Buster. Ooh, I'm torn between A and C. It kind of feels like a Buckeye Buster. I think it's an A. There's a lot on there. I'm going with A. What was A again? Oh. True He's soul. giving eyebrow uh, clues. That, that would be... Um, a. That, that, that's a Willie Phoenix yes. reference, What's right? Yes, true it is. soul rocker. So I think it's got to be the true soul rocker just because... It's Uh-oh. A is that reference. your final answer? No. No. No, it's not. Oh, man. Is this like, wait, the, wait, don't tell me do where they to try to the actually tell you the Buckeye Buster? Because I'm going to be so mad. Uh, Let's go with B. What was B again? <laughs> I don't know. A. I still vote A. True soul rocker. I'm going to give it to you because I have no idea what that what I even said was A, B, and C. It's the Buckeye Buster. Oh hell! Yeah, it's Damn. the Buckeye. Okay. I don't know. We'll take half credit for that. Yeah. Last question on the trivia. Is it a poll. sandwich question? Never before in the history of local waste music podcast has any guest ever got all three answers correct so this is a lot is writing your reputation is on is writing let's say you go to bernie's bagels and want to order a sandwich that has pastrami pizza sauce (laughs) mushrooms hot peppers onions and hot pepper cheese served on an onion roll hot pepper cheese hot pepper cheese that is either a jackhammer a florentine or a true soul rocker. Wow, you are a bitch. <laughs> well, it's not the Florentine. That is just not fair. It seems like a jackhammer, a jackhammer would be like very spicy. It, so. but it, and it has meat. 
meat must be on a jackhammer. I think it's got to be a jackhammer. Let's go with a jackhammer. And oh, no, it's the true soul <laughs> rocker. It is totally the true soul Damn rocker. It. Damn it. I, uh, I Sorry, worked, Willie. I worked at Bernie's for a year, Christ. and I had a true soul rocker every day for lunch. Really? Yeah, have you so. had your cholesterol? Yes, yes I, know, I, was I have. Just since, since then, it's been that. screwed. That's I like the reference. Wow. Did Willie ever you come do? in <laughs> and, and order the true yeah. soul rocker? I'm, I don't know if he ever did. But, did it come um, with Willie walking across your table? Oh, my God. Yeah. Such a good memory. Um, mm-hmm. During the break, I told Shirley about uh, my first shows, and it was Willie Phoenix uh, playing Gloria on the, on the tables. Well, at didn't Bernie's. he always do that I think for he always every did. show? I think he always did, but still, the first time, it's amazing. I, it's, it's always amazing. I don't care yeah. how many times I True. see it. I want to see it again. Shirley and Marcy, I want to thank you so much for coming here yes. and spending time with, you. with Linda and I. And we really appreciate your time coming here and sharing your memories. You are welcome. This was a blast. Is there, before we take off, is there anything that you'd like to promote? Oh, oh God. Did you ask us, did she ask us about that? I don't <laughs> know. I mean, listen to Radio 614. Yes. I mean, 614. Yeah. I love it. Radio614.org. I love it. We will put that on the social media. We'll Thank put you. any Bandcamp things. I think there's a log page. There is Bandcamp. not a log page on Bandcamp, but I realized that we are still available on um, iTunes. Holy so moly. So you can buy the log music on iTunes. What okay. happens when you buy the music on iTunes? You get it as oh, a download. Okay. You can download it. These newfangled I, technologies. I am going to ask Paul, though, if he, if we can put our stuff up on Bandcamp, because there's really no reason not to. I have, we what haven't done that either. Music? We ain't done it. Put it on Bandcamp. Ain't done it. Ain't on Bandcamp. I want to thank you both for allowing us to use music, scrawl music and log music for mm-hmm. our shows. And we're going to, we're going to, on our, on our um, website, we're going to tell everybody what the music is, where to find it. Mm-hmm. And we, again, completely appreciate you guys' yes. time coming here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It's over. It's over. <laughs> and we're out. And that's our first show. How'd you think it yeah, went, Linda? Yeah, I thought it went great. Lots of great stories. Um, I did learn not to touch Prince's meat. Oh. What did you learn, Pat? Uh, I learned that the Oasis brothers needed a, an additional dressing room for their eyebrows. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but only our listeners can judge how this show went. And how can they judge us, Linda? Well, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Local Waste Music. And please uh, visit those sites before and after. Uh, We're going to be posting lots of uh, good flyers and links to music from our guests today. Yes, we will, Linda. And I'd like to remind you that one lucky listener, the first lucky listener to go to Use Kids with the mystery word... They're located at 2500 Summit Street. Uh, You'll win a prize if you tell the person at the counter the mystery word and you're the first one to do so. I'd also like to thank uh, the people that provided music for us. Dan Spurgeon and Greenhorn had the song at the very beginning at the top of the show. And right now you're listening to Jenny May on Anyway Records. And uh, I'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, Use Kids Records. Yes. Please uh, please visit them. And also Scrawl and Log, of course, for the use of their music during this podcast. Anything else, Linda? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye. We 
slapped it together with paper and paste. We hope you enjoyed our show, Local Waste. We hope you enjoyed our show, Local Waste. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Pat. Peace. <laughs> How many times? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, we need to charge. <laughs> the fingers are too close together. <laughs> I can't win. I thought he was going in for a, a high five. <laughs> all, all my prep is just wasted. <laughs>